0: To the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast, I'm Sarah. I'm Erin, and I'm Rachel. Today is a hymn sing with Sarah day. Yes, yes, I love these. I'm excited for this one because this is one that I realized in our last hymn sing episode that I had not done an episode on the trust section of our Lutheran service book yet, and so this one has been in the works for a little while. And this section. Has a lot of really well loved hymns, so that is super duper exciting. I I lovingly call the trust section of the Lutheran service book the 700s because mm-hmm. that's just <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the 700s quote is the trust section and also the hope and comfort section. And I, I realized, and I think a lot of other people realized as they were filling out the poll, that we don't really know the difference between the trust section and the hope and comfort (laughs) section we kind of mash them together i was actually a little surprised that some of the hymns that i thought were in the trust section aren't because it's all the 700s Mm -hmm. but it's two separate sections there's 33 hymns in the trust section and then i haven't counted the next ones i'll probably do that section sometime this year we have a different hymn sing coming up for our next hymn sing but sometime Mm -hmm. this year maybe i'll get to the rest of that hope and comfort section because that one has my favorite hymn, Jesus, Priceless Treasure. So mm-hmm. the way I think about the difference between these sections
1: is if somebody is likely to request it at their funeral, it goes in hope and comfort. <laughs> uh, OK, oh, maybe. If oh, you, yeah. that's where you that's, get amazing grace. Yeah, that's, where you, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Ooh. lot of a okay. lot of things that people want at their funerals go in hope and comfort. That's how yeah. I think of it. But so... maybe that's just me.
2: Okay, but that's how you can define hope and comfort, but how do you define trust? Well, like how what what makes theme. it in that it fits Same it in what it,
1: theme, but you wouldn't necessarily have it at your funeral. I don't know. I don't mm. It's an argument from absence. I understand. Mm. That yeah. you're right.
0: Will, and see the the difference is very very subtle and quite honestly uh-huh. a lot of these could probably go either way. Yeah. But like the trust yeah. the trust section is very much about like we confess what God promises to provide us and they talk about what God's going to provide for us, how he forgives us, how he rescues us from death. And the devil gives us eternal life, promises to always be with us. They, yeah. they confess that nothing can separate us from God. So it, it's almost more of like these confessional hymns, if I can say that that way. Of like saying what God, like the trust that we put in God for what he promises to give us. And the hope and comfort section, I think, is is like even more on the feelings side of the hymns. Like I was going to say this later. I'll just say now a lot of these hymns come from like the pietist movement. Hmm. There's not a lot of them that are like really hard hitting Lutheran doctrine. A lot of them are Lutheran hymn writers, but like not a ton of really hard hitting doctrine in these. It's a lot more Hmm. of of that comfort even though they're trust section stuff. But hmm. I think the hope and comfort ones go even further into that of hmm. ones that, like, when you really need to remember what God promises us, that's where you go for those. I don't know. Maybe I'm not even making okay. a distinction. Okay. <laughs> it's subtle. Well, maybe I'm as sure we people
2: continue can argue. on, it will find a thread that we can tie it yeah. together with. We'll see. Maybe yeah. when I
0: actually do the hope and comfort section, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Or not, we'll just confuse ourselves even more. So, yep, there's a reason this is one of the favorite sections in the hymnal, though. There's a whole lot of great hymns. There's 33 Mm -hmm. of them. We've got Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, which is definitely at least a top 10, if not a top five favorite hymn for me. The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, The Lord's My Shepherd, Mm -hmm. I Shall Not Want, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us, which are favorites for Good Shepherd Sunday. Seek Ye First, From God Can Nothing Move Me. Who trusts in God a strong abode? Jesus, Savior, pilot me. I walk in danger all the way. Eternal Father, strong to save. Navy him! <laughs> <am>, woohoo! <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus, lead thou on. I leave all things to God's direction. We walk by faith and not by sight. Lead me, guide me. Lord, take my hand and lead me. The Lord is my light. If God himself before me, that's a favorite one. Children of the Heavenly Father. I know that one's a favorite for a lot of people. Huh? Mm-hmm. Evening and morning. On eagle's wings.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I will refrain from my commentary <laughs> about firm a foundation. That would be wise. <laughs> <laughs> I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus. What is the world to me? That's a, another. I know that one's a long time favorite for a lot of people. Oh, God, forsake me not. All depends on our possessing our God. Oh, God, our help in ages past. I can't even say it right when I sing it. I even sing it. Our God, our, our help. Oh, God, our help in ages past. I trust, O Lord, your holy name. Have no fear, little flock. Consider how the birds above rejoice. My heart be glad and sing. Lord of all hopefulness. Precious Lord, take my hand. And I am Jesus, little lamb. Oh, so there's so many good ones. Of really great yeah. hymnody in here. And the votes on this poll were so spread out. That there wasn't really like a clear winner that blew all the rest of them out of the water. There were some clear favorites that kind of rose to the top, but the votes were super spread out. And I think ladies added like another 30 hymns to this. This Mm. was a non-maximum science poll, (laughs) which is fine. I encouraged everyone to add the hymns that they wanted. And ironically, a lot of the hymns that got added are from the next section of the hymnal. So We will get to those eventually. But the top five, according to the Facebook group poll, were The King of Love My Shepherd Is, which yeah. barely nudged out Children of the Heavenly Father. They were, they were almost equal votes. So basically a tie for first. Those are both very excellent hymns. And then we had I Am Trusting Thee, Lord Jesus, in second place. I Am Jesus Little Lamb, mm-hmm. in third place. And then Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. In fourth place, and quite honestly, I was surprised that one didn't show up higher. But maybe that's just me in my own little bubble that I love that hymn so much. I just assume everyone else does too. The competition know. was very strong. <laughs> that is
1: it, it was, <laughs> that but is the other
2: one, like that's like the, isn't that that's the newest one? Like, because that wasn't in a previous hymnal?
0: That so... was in tlh Lord, the I love with all my heart. Oh, okay, it was in T H L W then.
2: Oh, you know,
0: I didn't look. So
2: I have a feeling that that means that for people like me who grew up Mm -hmm. with LW, we didn't come to know and appreciate Lord the I Love until a little later. And while it is beloved, it is doesn't have quite as deep a roots in my soul. Well, and that's a good point. Also also
1: is one of the it's on that list. It's the one that shows up mostly in Lutheran hymnals. Mm-hmm. You know, I yes. well, mm-hmm. I am Jesus, yeah. little lamb is another one that is distinctly Lutheran. But several of those others we will show up in other other church hymnals as well. So if you weren't born
0: Lutheran, you might still be well, familiar yeah, with these tunes. Yeah. Hymns and love them. That's true. I didn't realize that Lord, the I love wasn't in LW. That's a really good point. So okay, fair point. <laughs>
2: I tell you, it's a magnificent hymn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> huh. See, I learned something yeah. today. There we go. There were a lot of hymns with like zero votes. So there's kind of like this this continuum of a big chunk that like everybody loves and there isn't really a clear favorite, but a lot of people love them. And then this whole other section of these trust hymns that like, I don't we just probably don't sing them or something. I don't know. They're great hymns, though. And a few of them, actually, I'm not even sure I've sung that much. So there's that, too. There were, like I said, a lot of hymns that were added to this list. So one's like. Abide with me, of course. Mm-hmm. If thou but trust in God to guide thee. Again, hope and comfort section. Mm-hmm. Oh God, O oh Lord of heaven and earth. That's a, a fair vote. Entrust your days and burdens, also in the next section. God's own child, which I think makes it into literally every hymn poll because it's just a favorite hymn. And so people just use it for every occasion, which I think mm-hmm. is perfectly fine. <laughs> let's see. Beautiful Savior, also in the next section. Jesus Priceless Treasure. So there's like a lot of people. We just kind of overlap all of these. Thank and, you. you know, that that's fine. The one that I very much appreciate the addition of, though, this is not actually in any of, any of our hymnals, I don't think. Thank you, Veronica Dembski, is J.S. Box, Who Puts His Trust in God Most Just, which for Concordia Chicago people, Concordia Chicago music people. This is kind of like insider baseball, but if you were a musician at Concordia Chicago or, or did one of their music camps, this is the closing song for all the Wind Symphony concerts. Yes. I got to play it at summer music camp back in high school when I played there. My friends who are in Wind Symphony love this. And Doc Fisher just has this very iconic way of introducing this song. He's, he says, who puts his trust in God most? Just and it's just we love it. It's <laughs> fabulous. If you know Doc Fisher, he is amazing. Okay. So,
3: okay. so
0: anyway, the whole point of this is that all of you ladies really love this trust hymnody, whether it's in this section or the next one. And there's so many wonderful hymns, and I am mad. Uh, somehow, I'm not going to talk about all 33 of them. I'm going to get close, but we would need like a snack and bathroom break if I did that. So, there's snippets in a lot of these that are just very interesting. So we'll do a, a few snippets. But this first one. I was messaging you guys while I was writing this and I ended up falling down a researching a heresy that I sort of knew about in connected with this first hymn. So Oh dear. <laughs> this got really interesting really quickly. Man. So Lord thee I love with all my heart. I'm just what? gonna start there. No. Heretical no no, no 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 no. The hymn is not heretical. Okay. Thank you. No, no, no. The person who wrote it is connected with Hold on. Just tell you the story because Okay, all right, all right. I I was I I was like, what this is just a favorite hymn. How interesting could it be? Oh, it it could get very interesting. So (laughs) I will
1: withhold judgment
0: until you have told us to hear more. Indeed. So I learned this hymn as TLH 429 way back in grade school. I don't remember why we started singing it, but it was very quickly a fan favorite in our music class. We sang it all the time. Took me a long time to switch my language over to the 708 or i don't know if the language is different but the, t- the tune is different ever so slightly in lsb and it, it got me confused for a long time however the setting that's in lsb is one of my absolute favorite settings of every hymn like if you know this hymn it's like it, you talk about basically being laid in the grave right and then and then the organist pulls out all the stops and and pushes a Zimbelstern button and like, you get all of the noise and you're like, and then from death awaken me that these my eyes with joy may see. You're like, yell, singing and crying. And it's, you're like a hot mess, but it's amazing. And I love it. And there's a killer tenor line that I sing every time. And as a treat, I did find a recording of this and got all, secured all the copyright permissions and everything. So there's a recording of this at the end of the podcast, if you keep listening. So oh, wonderful. It's fabulous. So Rachel, you're right. This hymn isn't really known outside of Lutheranism. It's so powerful, though, that Bach uses stanza three Mm -hmm. as the final chorus of his St. John Passion, which I am currently rehearsing to sing during Holy Week with American Contra. So it's this really incredibly powerful third stanza that, you know, the organist pulls out all the stops for. This is where it gets interesting. So this hymn was written by Martin Schalling, who lived 1532 to 1608, not during the Thirty Years' War. However... (laughs) (laughs) It was part of this second wave of Reformation poets, like Philip Nikolai was also in this group. They lived through and sometimes died in this very tumultuous confessional conflict and, and violent time for them. Persecution and suffering for your beliefs was super duper real for them at this time. So Schalling studied to be a pastor in Wittenberg. And then he went to Regensburg in 1554 for his first call. And he had to choose immediately between opposing the Flacian, am I saying that right? Flacian heresy? I'm sure how the Germans. Germans say it. Flacian. Or his livelihood. So basically he had to be like, do you, do you want to oppose this heresy or will you subscribe to the heresy so you can keep your job? Like that's, he had to choose to remain faithful or be forced to leave. So the Flacian fallacy, I have to explain this now because I didn't know what it was. I'm like, okay, well, why is this so bad? Well, Matthias Flacius was a Gnesio Lutheran and these guys followed Flacius against the Philippists who followed Melanchthon. And Flacius and his followers accused the Philippists of synergism, that we cooperate in our salvation, which obviously we don't, and the influence of Calvinism in the Lord's Supper. But Flacius's issue is that he went too far with his understanding of original sin, that the substance of man is destroyed by original sin, and man's nature is identical to sin, and in conversion, a new substance is created by God. But we believe that God made man in his image, and while we lost the image of God to a certain degree in the fall, we don't lose our substance as man. The substance of man is good. Sin corrupted the nature but not, did not destroy the substance. And... Flacian was also accused of Manichaeism, which boils basically down to dualism. Like, there's a good god and an evil god. They both have creating power. The evil god made man with sin. Obviously, this is not true. God is the creator. He created a good world, which then sin corrupted. So that's Flacian heresy, Flacian fallacy. And Schelling refuted all of that. He's like, "Mm, no, that's not right. And so he got kicked out. He had to leave. So then he went to Amberg, and again he had to defend his adherence to true doctrine. The ruler, Elector Frederick III, who basically went from Catholic to Lutheran to Calvinist, mm. pressured Schalling to accept Calvinism, and he wouldn't. Schalling's like, nope, not a Calvinist. Sorry. So the council in that town was Lutheran and tried to defend him, but. Elector Friedrich III finally forced their hand, and Schalling was forced to leave during Holy Week in 1569. Like, that's, that's just cruel. Cool. Yeah. But the Elector's brother, Count Richard of the Palatinate, gave him refuge, and Schalling preached for them on Easter Sunday at 1569. So that's where this hymn comes in. Long story, not very short. The sermon and this hymn actually survive in his handwriting. And the hymn connects to the text of his sermon, which is the preparation for the Passover in Exodus 12, 1 to 14. Like, we got to be ready for God to come, basically. So the hymn isn't really an Easter hymn, but it makes those connections to the Passover in the hymn. Kind of cool. And kind of a wider connection of shawling and this time period of the second wave of reformers. A lot of the hymns that come out of this second wave have really similar themes so like the first one faith hope and faith are only found in christ because he is the only constant death is never far away from our in our sin-stricken world god's sacramental presence is here in real and true presence not just spiritually we pray urgently for god's strength because we face real strong threats against our faith and Death is the portal to eternal life with Christ and our hope shines from the future glory to come. So you can hear all of those themes in this hymn and in other hymns that were written during this second wave. And, I mean, this hymn is just jam-packed with theology and biblical references. And obviously it's going to be in my funeral hymn sing. That's just a given. So (laughs) I will be having a hymn sing for my funeral. That's also just a given. Yes, of course. (laughs) And I'm almost done with this one, but before we move on, a note that Catherine Winkworth translated this one along with a lot of other ones in this Mm -hmm. section because she translated like everything. But the version that we have first appeared in her chorale book for England in 1863, although an earlier different version was in Lyrica Germanica in 1858. So this hymn is also the hymn of the day for Lent. Two in the three-year lectionary, which when this podcast drops would have been last Sunday, so y'all are like fresh off of singing this hymn as your hymn of the day for Lent too. and it's also for Proper twenty-one in Series C lectionary and Trinity nineteen in the one-year lectionary. So we do get to sing this throughout the church year, and it's really common for funerals, which is why it'll make me cry during stanza three. And stanza three is actually quoted in the Commendation of the Dying in the LSB agenda and the pastoral companion which i didn't know so that's kind of cool, cool. we
2: love that this is. hymn. so sarah after saying that with such confidence i retract my statement that it wasn't an lw it is an lw oh However, they retranslated it or something it's super awkward oh so i think we just didn't sing it because it they wanted lw they didn't like these and thighs and oh. all of that And to get around with, like to get away from that, they had to make some awkward choices. Yeah. And anyway, so I I have a feeling that's why I didn't, we didn't grow up singing. I didn't grow up singing it because it's, it's just, it doesn't flow well in LW, in my opinion. Yeah. That or who knows, maybe just the pastor was just like, I don't like that one. So he just never (laughs) picked it. You know what? That's there
1: yeah, there are hymns opinion. that fall by the wayside. Yeah. And yeah. then somebody rediscovers them and yeah. suddenly we all yeah. love it. And we're like, why would didn't I exactly. always sung this exactly. hymn?
2: Exactly. Right. That, no. For me
1: that falls into that category. I don't think yeah. I if I heard this hymn, I did not even notice it or pay attention to it yeah. until I was already probably late twenties, early thirties. Oh. Yeah. That for was when me? my husband discovered mm. it, and he loved it. And then you right? watch your husband cry this when yeah. he's singing a hymn, and you're like, I, <gasps> I should the- pay attention to the words. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
2: goodness, this is beautiful. Yeah. How come I-, I never noticed this? Yeah, before? So.
1: for me, it
2: was Pastor Whedon at the IC Chapel. He was our our IC chaplain for a number of years, and he loved the hymn, so mm-hmm. he picked it a lot. So we sang it a lot, and so I came to I came to love it there from work and. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Mm. interesting how these things come into your life.
3: Yes.
0: Yes, it is. All right. So that's the longest story we're going to have on any of these hymns today. I just had to dig into that one even (laughs) more. So now we're going to go a little faster. Okay, (laughs) So 713 from God Can Nothing Move Me. Notice I skipped a few because I told you I'm not doing all 33 of these. If you want to be a great hymn writer, we have said this before, you will likely have some suffering in your life. Truth. This has come up several times. So this hymn came about because a plague struck Erfurt in 1563, and the rector of the university and his wife, Pen and Regine Helbeth managed to escape the city. And their friend and fellow lecturer at the university, Ludwig Helmbold, wrote this text to give them strength during this perilous journey. And his inspiration came from Psalm 73, verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. And the first publication of this in 1563 as a broadsheet had this dedication to Regine Helbig, who was also the godmother of Ludwig Helmbold's oldest daughter. So these guys, I mean, they were like besties. It was published in a collection in Nurnberg in 1569. And while a lot of other hymnals use Catherine Rinkworth's translation, of course, LSB uses Gerald Thorson's translation and he translated it for LBW. So we have seven of the nine original stanzas, and four of them are so heavily altered for LSB that they're basically new translations. So that's the story of that hymn. It's a great one. 7.14, Who trusts in God a strong abode. This is just a quick note. Again, Erfurt, a lot of these hymns come from like a small circle of people. I noticed the further I went. The first stanza was written by another pastor in Erfurt, Joachim Magdeburg, for a collection of hymns on family piety in 1572, and then it was in a Lutheran hymn book in the 1590s, and he was also wrapped up in this Fleistian heresy. But he agreed with Flacius' view of original sin and the substance of the fallen sinner, which alienated him from the majority of Lutherans. So, didn't think you'd hear so much about heresy in (laughs) him sing about trust hymns. I did not. (laughs) It's this weird, like, little circle of people. Everybody keeps showing up in all of these hymns. It's very interesting. So, Jesus Savior pilot me. This is one that, like, I kind of was very meh about it until I heard Jonathan Kors' rendition of it, arrangement of it. A few years—I don't remember when he wrote that. It was recently, in, in the last several years. I love I, the the tune in the hymnal is okay, but I love Chorus's arrangement of it. It's just so like wavy, watery. You can't see what I'm doing with my hands, podcast people. But it's, it's just wonderful. Go find it on YouTube. Maybe I'll remember to put it in the show notes. But this was written by Edward Hopper, who lived 1816 to 1888. He was a Presbyterian minister at the Church of Sea and Land in New York City, and it's the only hymn that he wrote that's still in use. So we have three of his original six stanzas. The omitted ones leaned super heavily into this nautical theme, so we just left them out. Honestly, I just, I love this hymn also now, because the older I get, the more the stories about Jesus calming the storms just kind of blow my mind, like, more and more. Like, Jesus is sitting on a boat, and he just, like, tells nature what to do. Like, obviously he can, because he's God, but also... The more I think about it, the more it bursts my brain, which is awesome. So I really love this hymn for that, for that reason. And this is an English-language original hymn, and we've talked about this before, how hymns that are, just, are written in English just have a little extra zazz to them because they're written with the poetry that they're meant to have. So the more I sing it, the more I love it.
1: Well, and, and I think—actually, I actually, I do love this hymn. I, I rarely sing it. I don't think I've ever actually sung it in a Lutheran church. Oh, and one of the reasons for this, well, one is that the rhythm's a little strange if you've never heard it. But the other one is a lot of my experience in Lutheran churches has been in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this is a hymn you appreciate a whole lot more if you live within easy distance of the ocean and maybe spend a lot of your time in boats. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. That if, if you're, well, the only oceans around you are amber waves of grain. you're probably not going to love this hymn as much as you would if you've ever been out on the sea when the water was a little rough and had a little doubt about whether your safety will be
0: completely assured
1: yeah so yeah it's a i I think it's a a regional
0: thing perhaps that's true that's a good point yeah it hits differently when you're like there's just trees around me Mm. Mm -hmm. The next 1717, Eternal Father Strong to Save, another nautical one, and we talked about it in the Patriotic mm-hmm. Hymn Sing episode, which I have a whole bunch of other episodes to link in the show notes because we've already talked about a lot of these <laughs> hymns. But this is one of Rachel's favorites, too. So
1: mm-hmm. It is. I I'm. I think I am actually legally and contractually obligated to have this as one of my favorites since it gets a lot of play in the Navy chaplaincy world for mm-hmm. good reason. Yes. We sing it a lot. Absolutely.
0: So then 718, Jesus Lead Thou On. We just love 24 stanza hymns around here, right?
3: Yes, we (laughs) do. do.
0: (laughs) This hymn is actually a combination of two hymns written by Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf, who also comes up again later. He See, even he didn't write it with 24 stanzas. No, he didn't. He really didn't. He, Von Sintzendorf lived 1700 to 1760. He comes up again later in another story. Three stanzas are from his 11 stanza hymn, and then one stanza is from a 15 stanza hymn, and then Christian Gregor combined them and reduced them from 24 To four stanzas in 1778. Uh Thanks, Christian. Uh (laughs) My
2: hero. Impressive.
0: It is impressive. (laughs) And so this is a a fun fact, little rabbit trail. One of the ladies in the lounge messaged me and she was like, I have a legend to tell you about this hymn. I was like, please do. So she wanted to remain anonymous. That's why I'm not saying her name. She says, take this for what it is, unconfirmed legend at this point. Her grandfather immigrated from Germany in 1929. He told her sister and her and her family about the wedding of a German princess to a Russian prince. And this was not a happy wedding or marriage. She absolutely said that she would not walk down the aisle unless the processional hymn being sung was Jesuke Foran in German, which is this hymn. And so she walked down the aisle to Jesus lead thou on till our rest is won, And although the way be cheerless, we will follow calm and fearless. Ride us by thy hand to our fatherland. a little passive aggressive there so the faith of this young girl who could see heaven as her home who was forced or enticed to give up her homeland germany it was also one of one of our Lady's grandfather's favorite hymns. And so huh. her sister teaches history, and they have presumed this to be the later Catherine the Great, formerly Sophia of Germany. There are other instances of German nobility marrying Russian nobility, but our, the our Lady listener would love to confirm that this was Sophia slash Catherine. But alas, her wedding was in the mid 1700s, and it's a bit sketchy to get their musical mm. selections. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say it actually probably
1: wasn't. Catherine the Great, because she actually learned Russian, converted to Russian orthodoxy before she was married mm-hmm. um, and was pretty excited not about marrying her husband, who was <laughs> apparently a total jerk, but about you know giving up her German identity and becoming fully russian yeah so mm-hmm. so okay, mar- another the, one. The fatherland doesn't doesn't quite ring, but I'm yeah. sure there were a lot of German princesses who got married to yeah. A lot of different people, yeah, because um, there were a lot of little German kingdoms and duchies yep. and whatnot. Yep. So I, I'm not saying the story wasn't true, but it would it's surprise funny. me if it was Catherine the Great. Yeah. yeah.
2: I sort of have this like the, in my mind as I'm like picturing this now as like a movie or something. I'm imagining that like she's like drawn the line. She like it will be this him, and so like then like her parents are having strong words with the organist. They're like. This is the hymn, but you are going to make this sound joyful. And so he's like working so hard to make this sound like this super, super upbeat, joyful thing <laughs> with, the, with the contrasting words that she insisted upon. Uh, I don't know.
0: I love it. Anyway. I love the legend. <laughs> mm
3: hmm. Yeah. I will like this hymn a whole
1: lot more. I mean, I've always liked it, but (laughs) Uh having this story in my mind, it will make me smile every time I sing it. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Next, we have two hymns by Salomo Frank. He's come up before in something. We have 719, I Leave All Things to God's Direction, and 731, Oh God Forsake Me Not. And when I look at these, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're great hymns. However, Mm. oh, these are both translated by August Krull, who was a fantastic translator in early Lutheranism. So he's come up before because he collaborated with Bach. And when uh, I mentioned oh. his name to my husband, Luther, he's like, oh yeah, of course, Salomo Frank. Like, duh, of course you know. But <laughs> Frank was an established poet by the time Bach became concertmaster in Weimar. And Frank wrote nearly all of the librettos for Bach's cantatas between 1714 and 1717 except for two. So that's I wow did not bother with the math, but that is a lot of cantatas in three it's years. It's a lot of cantatas. Yeah. What
2: does that and mean? I have, he wrote oh, the rhymes. librettos. Is that like he wrote the words? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Yep.
0: Yep. He wrote the words. A lot of cantata. I just love this. A lot <laughs> of cantata. I'm going to say that A lot of cantatas. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After Bach left Weimar, he kept using other texts by Franck for his existing, like filling out his existing cantatas and also for making new ones. And Frank's M.O., was that he had very high literary quality and also very rich theological integrity, which, Mm. I mean, Bach would have had nothing less than that. Solid combo. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting that little tidbit, but that's super duper cool. So I'll have to pay more attention to the text when I sing those next. (laughs) And then, and then we have 724, if God himself before me, 726, evening and morning, and 737, rejoice my heart, be glad and sing. I have two words for these hymns, Paul Gerhardt, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Basically, George. all I have to say about them.
2: Of course,
0: they're fantastic. Go sing them, read them. They're, I believe, they're all public domain. They should be. So, you can go to like hymnary.org if you don't have a hymnal and just read the text because Gerhardt's texts are all very devotional, on purpose. So they're very good to just read through them as part of your devotions too. So. Seven twenty-five, children of the heavenly Father. Rachel talked about this one in a previous episode's in our great moments in Lutheran lady history for our two-year anniversary, which feels like ages ago. I know
1: I forgot completely that I'd ever done this. I talk- should probably go back and re-listen to that episode because I don't remember any of the story I told.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, I talked about Lena Sandel. So Lena <laughs> Sandel, All right. Yeah. 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 So. I also have that link for the show notes, too. If everybody feels like going and listening to a bunch more episodes, there's there's several that we're going to link today. The next one, 727 on Eagle's Wings. Honestly, I have to. Mm, this is just not one of my favorites. I probably have several it's reasons. Rare,
2: it's a rare statement.
0: I know. And it's not. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't like it. But also, I'm not going to say any more about this one because I have an upcoming him sing on Psalm paraphrases, and this one is a Psalm paraphrase. It so is. it's a I just fascinating. Admit it, uh-huh. I'm just kicking the can down the road. It's true. <laughs> so we'll come back to that one later this year. In that next, I song.
1: really like it. <laughs> Wait, do you? I do wow, actually. Controversial. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but I still love you my friend. I we, was can, say, we, we can say we can still be friends. We can perspectives yeah. on this song. Yeah. I think fine.
0: honestly it's more of the tune than the text. Okay. So but anyway, we'll talk about we'll get into that controversy later. <laughs> <laughs> 728 How Firm a Foundation. No one really knows who wrote this. So that's really? fun. Yeah. The huh. author is just written as K in its original publication in John Rippon's a selection of hymns from the best authors in London in 1787. Rippon's collection was super popular in America and was published four times between 1792 and 1804. And so when I was going through the hymnal, like flipping through, singing all these in my head, I was like, huh, is this a shape note one? You could totally sing this as shape note. Turns out it is actually a shape note. It's from. Joseph Funk's A Compilation of Genuine Church Music from Virginia in 1832. And the melody is in the middle of the three voices, like it is when you do shape note stuff. You got the melody mm-hmm. in the middle and you got the voices above and below it. I love shape note. It's just so raw and wonderful. It's lovely. I should probably do a hymn sing on shape note at some point. Should. I don't really I'm know. I'm not know what sure it there's is. enough
1: in the hymnal to.
2: That's fair. There's. Probably two,
1: be three, maybe a,
0: a five-minute episode every of-
2: now and then. It's not going to be five <laughs> minutes. Don't even, don't even kid Ooh, yourself. I could do one on
0: like early American yeah. tunes, though. That, that would include- be very good. You should do that.
2: <sighs> those oh, are some um Stay after- <laughs> tuned. Oh, twenty twenty-four after Von Williams. Right. early American five.
0: Folky <laughs> tunes are probably my favorite. But anyway, that's a different rabbit hole. That was 29. I am trusting the Lord Jesus. This one made the favorites list. It's written by the evangelical Anglican Francis Havergal. And we have four writ- hymns written by her in Lutheran service book. This one, obviously. And then 527, O oh Savior, Precious Savior. 783, Take My Life and Let It Be. Like, that's super popular. I love that. And hymn. the famous 887, Now the Light Has Gone Away. So. <laughs> She has written some of, I mean, at least in my childhood, I grew up singing a lot of Francis Havergal. And her hymns emphasize this personal devotion and surrender to God because she's an evangelical Anglican. She wanted more experience and feeling in the church, which we don't really super emphasize in most of our (laughs) Lutheran circle. (laughs) Um, But that was really important to her. Right, right. This hymn was among her favorites, though. A copy of it was in her pocket Bible when she died in 1879. Mm. So I think this you can beautiful. have a favorite of your own hymns. That's, that's allowed. Yeah. Sure. 7.32. All depends on our possessing. Again, another one that nobody really knows when or by whom this text was written. It just kind of, like, appeared. Somebody wrote it. The earliest printing was in the Nurnberg Hymnal in 1676 by Anonymous. So, honey. Oh, Catherine Winkworth, however, (laughs) translated it for her Lyrica Germanica in 1858. And her translations, as we've talked about somewhere, I don't know, along the way, she translates things with a lot of subjective language, focusing more on feelings. Hmm. And the text we have in LSB is altered to take most of that language out and make it much more objective and focused on God instead of us. There's that thing. Catherine also wrote with like the virtues of the romantic mindset of her time, and that language was also replaced in LSB with better quote Lutheran language. So this Too hymn has been romantic. Lutheranized. Too touchy beely big fit. <laughs> Basically, yes. So the fun part, <laughs> the fun part about this, though, is that <sighs> this hymn has actually been in every Missouri Synod hymnal from CFW Walther's Kirchengesangbuch, Gesangbuch for evangelisch Lucius Gemeinden über. <laughs> I can't do it. Confession, <laughs> the oh. hymnal, in 1847. And then <laughs> first English hymnal in 1912 with Catherine Winkworth's translation. Cause, so you can read it in that old, old hymnal from 1912. And then TLH in 1941, and then LW, and then LSB. So huh. it has been in all of our hymnals, which is kind of fun. I don't know that there's a lot of. Yeah, there's not a ton that have probably been in every single hymnal. So, 733. Oh God, our help in ages past, which I always say wrong. This is a classic Isaac Watts. He's written so many hymns also. It's the hymn of the day for a day of national or local tragedy, which I did not know had appointed hymns of the day, but there you have it. It's also a paraphrase of Psalm 90. So, I will also come back to this one in the upcoming. Psalm paraphrases episode, along with the next one in the hymnal, 734. I trust, oh Lord, your holy name. That one's also a psalm paraphrase. So, kicking a lot of cans down the road today. Okay. <laughs> next, <laughs> have no fear, little flock, 735. This is a jazz hymn in our hymnal. I had no idea. It was like purposefully jazzy. So, Heinz warner Zimmerman, born in 1930, wrote this hymn in jazz style. And he wrote really? it based on, yeah. I mean, it's got like, it's got the syncopated rhythm thing going on, which is fun. He based it on Luke 1232. And then Marjorie Jilson, who lived 1931 to 2010 and was a Detroit area person, yes, wrote the remaining stanzas. So it's a fun modern hymn that also packs a theological punch. And it is a Lutheran hymn. CPH commissioned Marjorie Jilson to write the rest of the stanzas. So okay. pretty cool. I did not know any of that. Seven thirty six, consider how the birds above another modern hymn because Stephen Starkey wrote the text to this one. And this one, I really I've always loved the text. I mean, always as long as it's been in our hymnal, love the text for this. Because it's based on Luke twelve, twenty four to thirty-one, where Jesus is teaching his disciples about worry. The whole, like, if God clothes the lilies of the field, how much more will he care for you? And I love that. I just love that part. So it's brilliant. It's a beautiful hymn. Precious Lord, Take My Hand. This is a favorite across denominations and in popular music. It's one of the great religious songs of the past century. It's been sung in a lot of times of national mourning. Gospel singer Mahalia Jackson performed it in 1968 at the funeral of Martin Luther King Jr. And opera singer Leontine Price sang it in 1973 at the state funeral of President Lyndon Johnson. So, this has been a very popular hymn for a lot of people in a lot of different times. And for good reason, that it's sung in times of tragedy. Fair warning, this is a sad story. Thomas Andrew Dorsey lived 1899 to 1993. He moved from Georgia to Chicago in 1916 and had a really amazing career as an arranger, a blues pianist a jazz band leader, and a recording artist. He's actually called the father of gospel music for blending the secular and sacred worlds of music and creating the first gospel songs. We should
1: clarify here, because I was confused about this for a while. Thomas Dorsey, not the same as Tommy Dorsey, the jazz trombonist. Ah,
0: good point. Yes, yes. So... He tried to market this gospel music to local churches and ministers, and it wasn't really working. So he actually Mm -hmm. published it on his own and sold it on street corners, and he was super successful doing that. And then in 1931, the Reverend J.H.L. Smith at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Chicago invited Dorsey to play for services, and the effect was so great that Reverend Smith had church members organize under Dorsey's leadership for the next Sunday, and this was essentially the first gospel choir in America, which is super cool. So then the next year, he was appointed director at the historic Pilgrim Baptist Church in Chicago, and he served there for 40 years. Wow. So he had a really great legacy of gospel music in Chicago. I mean, it affected like everybody everywhere. He's really talented. This is the sad part, though. In August 1932, he was playing at a revival here in St. Louis, actually, and he learned that his wife, Nettie, had died in childbirth And then his newborn son died shortly after he returned to Chicago. So like horrible personal tragedy. But that tragedy was his inspiration to write Precious Lord out of this Mm. immense grief Mm. and trust in God. So I will now be remembering that story every time I sing this.
1: The feeling in it is so this is a song I sing. By myself, belting mm-hmm. it out when I'm having just one of those days where I just yeah. can't go on mm-hmm. anymore. It is really powerful. And you can tell that it comes from a place of, of genuine
0: honesty and faith. Yeah. 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 That, that certainly makes me appreciate what them is saying even more. So finally, the last one 740. I am Jesus, little lamb. Of course. This is a huge favorite for people of all generations. We all sing this one. It was written by Henrietta Louise von Hein, who lived 1724 to 1782. And she first published it in Barbie in 1778 by Christian Greger, who has showed up once before in this podcast. He's the one that took the 24 stanzas and whittled them down to four. Funny. (laughs) He's already a favorite. Funny how a lot of the same people keep showing up in this section. So after straying from the faith after her confirmation, the Holy Spirit worked through Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf, also showed up before, a leader of the pietist movement in the Moravian Church and the United Brethren to bring her back into the church. She worked as a teacher, teaching schoolgirls and caring for the invalid sisters in the community. So she was also influenced by a lot of people that brought her back into the church and she was like caring for these children as lambs of Jesus. So mm-hmm. there you go. I do find it interesting. I mentioned this at the beginning that a lot of these hymns come from this Pietist movement. I don't know if there's like coincidence or a reason why. I just I was noticing that as I was I writing know. all of this down. <laughs> just an interesting fact. So yeah. What do you, I know? You guys have been commenting the whole time, but do you have other? Do you have favorites in this section other than what you've already said? I
2: have many favorites in this section. Honestly, I am Jesus. Little Lamb is probably it's probably the first hymn that I memorized
3: because mm-hmm.
2: we sang it as a bedtime song when I was growing up. So that's probably the first one. But there there are a number of them from the section that that are dearly loved. I'll tell you though that when you were asking about favorite hymns in with the topic of trust, what came to my mind is it's not a hymn from this section, and honestly, it's not the whole. It's not the whole hymn, it's just the one verse from, it's a communion hymn from here, oh my Lord, I see thee face to face. That's a good one. And it's, I have no help but thine, nor do I need another arm but thine to lean upon. It is enough, my Lord, enough indeed. My strength is in thy might, thy might alone. So that's what popped into my mind as far as like a hymn about trust, the idea that that's He's all I have, all I need, and it's Mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's a good one. Yeah.
1: I also love I Am Jesus Little Lamb. It's my dad sang it to me when I was little, and I have sung it as a lullaby to all my kids when they were (laughs) tiny. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it's a a beautiful song and a wonderful way to help small children learn to trust their Savior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I still sing it to myself sometimes. I also really love Lord the I Love with all my heart. Mm -hmm. The poetry in that is so gorgeous. Yeah. And as I mentioned, Precious Lord, take my hand. I think of even though there are so many songs in this that are really precious to me, those are probably the three that I personally sing the most when I don't even have to. So Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Just a really, really great. Selection of songs, and I'm I'm grateful to the folks who put our hymnal together. That
0: they put them all in there.
1: Yeah, we are really blessed. Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: Yeah, so many good ones, a lot of favorites, and. Like I mentioned the recording that you'll hear at the end if you keep listening through the disclaimer the recording is the Concordia Seminary Choir that I was actually a part of in 2021 so this was during pandemic uh, Dr. Marriott Dr. Jim Marriott who was at the seminary at that time pulled together a group of people and we just kind of recorded some hymns and put them on YouTube because people needed that at that time so I, I got permission to pull the audio from that video so that is at the end of this podcast. You can hear the awesome tenor line and he pulls the Zimbelstern on stanza three and like even just listening to it, it just gives me chills. I love it. It's just so good. So ladies, the poll is still up in the lounge, but you can also just share your favorites. If you have favorite hymns in this section also or stories about some of these hymns, you can share them in the comments when this episode posts in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, or also on our Instagram page, We'll share this this episode on our Instagram page and some posts about hymnody the rest of the week. So you can comment on that as well at Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Instagram. You can sign up for our e-newsletter and the show notes for this episode, or you can send us an email, lutheranladies at kfuo.org. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org give.